can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. Welcome everybody to Beauty IQ, the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. Something really strange happened yesterday and I wanted to ask you what the F happened. Yeah. So I was using my curling wand on my hair and all of a sudden Mm. a big clump of it burnt off. (gasps) And then I was in the shower. (gasps) Where? Show me. I can't really see where it's happened because... I think it's actually fallen out at the root because basically all of a sudden I'm looking in the mirror and all of a sudden this whole clump of hair burns off (sighs) and then it was attached to the curling wand and I thought was there (sighs) maybe there was like product in my hair. Yeah. There's two things that happened. Either there was product on that part of the hair that I didn't know was on there and then it it like was wet and it burnt off or so you your hair was dry yeah my hair was dry what temp did you have the iron on 230 but I always have it on 230 okay that could be no there's another you also have just colored your hair as well yes that but I actually think I was in a daydream and didn't realize that you had it on for so long yeah, I think I. How long do you leave? Usually leave it in. I I, I usually it's five seconds and it like mm-hmm. buzzes and it vibrates. But I think I forgot. Oh, that's the curl bar. Yeah, so I I forgot to press the little button, oh. and I think I then went into a daydream thinking about some guy or something. I don't know what I was thinking about, <laughs> but I must have gone into like a daydream and not realized. And it was like you know twenty seconds. And so then what happened was this morning I was in the shower washing my hair and I start brushing through my mask and I swear to God, it was like the biggest clumps of hair start falling out from where the hair has been. What a nightmare, honestly. Also, it just could have been that you recently coloured your hair and maybe there were some damaged bits and it's just too hot for those bits of your hair. Yeah, well, I think that's probably maybe it was the part that was bleached. Uh, I'm just I'm pretty devastated, I'll be totally honest with you. I just was like. Was it like a really big strand? Like a huge chunk of hair is gone. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, you've got the thickest hair ever so if it was my hair I'd have a bald patch (laughs) it was literally like the amount of hair that came out in the shower today plus the amount of hair that was burnt off yesterday I reckon it was like a like a real like like a little ponytail's worth it was was oh wow it was a lot of hair I I was almost (laughs) gonna go to the doctor and like is there something wrong with I me? really think it has something to do with the temp of the iron and the fact that you just colored yeah. your hair. Oh my god, guys, don't do that. If do it keeps not. happening though, definitely go and see a doctor. I definitely won't go up to 2:30 again. Yes, let's avoid that for future times. <laughs> um I just want to say that the pro- I've just looked at the notes for this episode. Yeah. You've chosen the exact- I've stolen your product you didn't know you needed. That was the product I didn't know I needed. You can't do the same one as me. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. One. But that was the one that <laughs> I literally used it last night and then was like, yes, I've got my product. 
Um, what is on today's episode, Hannah? On today's episode, we have got Amy back to talk about skin tags. And then we are speaking to Nicole Eccles, who is the founder of Glass House Fragrances. And then the products we didn't know we needed. And I will have to quickly find one. <laughs> so Amy's joining us again today. Hello. Hello. How is everybody? Yeah, we're good. We're good, aren't we, Hannah? Yeah, we're pretty good. delay. <laughs> <laughs> um, today you have come on to chat to us about skin tags and Hannah and I have actually had our own experiences with skin tags. Oh, my which goodness. Which we can also share. But I would love to hear your take on skin tags because we've actually had a dermatologist come on to talk about the skin tags that happen during pregnancy, but they actually go away like once you've had the baby. So tell us, what has your experience been? First of all, can I just confirm that neither of you have tried to cut off your own skin tags? No. No. I have not. <laughs> Judging by some of the DMs I've gotten recently, I wouldn't be surprised if some of our listeners have tried to cut off their own skin oh tags. My Judging by the waxing DMs I got, I would not be surprised. <laughs> I'm surprised I haven't. <laughs> Same. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you said that you have a skin tag story, I was like, <gasps> please tell me that you haven't tried to cut them off. So I think the fact that we, you might have received some DMs potentially with people and skin tags, very problematic. It's good to come on and chat about them because there's a lot of, um, you know, skin tags for anyone that doesn't know. They're those like squidgy little tags, I guess. They're hard that you not get. to touch. Like once mm. you oh. have one there, it's like you just want to like fondle it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, yeah, I've got a bunch of skin tags and part of it's genetic mm-hmm. uh, and some people just get lots of skin tags and that's just your lot in life this like ties in perfectly with a lot of the topics that we've been discussing lately like chafe sweat all these things because I have a lot around areas where I sweat Mm. so like under my arms Mm -hmm. I've got some really fun ones under each arm kind of where the bra strap line is oh yeah I can't stop touching it yeah it's it's rank um (laughs) the reason why I wanted to talk about them is because there's a lot of misconceptions around you know how to get rid of them quote Mm. unquote and one of them is that some people do either tie some string around them at home themselves (laughs) to try and make them fall off or they try and cut them off and both uh, please do not do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do, First of all, do not do that. What's your uh, skin tag experience? Oh, well, I wanted to say that a lot of the time skin tags come from friction. So it could be from either something else rubbing on the area, like a bra strap. It could be from your own skin rubbing on an area, or it could be from jewelry. So that was my experience. So I like I always wear necklaces and years ago I wore the same necklace every day, never took it off. But I have a habit of when I've got a necklace on, like I kind of swing it around my neck, like as a, as a habit. And so I created this skin tag on my neck and I was actually working in a clinic at the time. So I just went in and saw one of the doctors there (laughs) handy, and I said like, what can I, I know I've had so many things done. I've had like a (laughs) 
an injection in my bum for tonsillitis and it went away in 12 hours. <laughs> it's honestly a dream working with doctors sometimes. So I had this skin tag on my neck and I was like, what do we like? What do we do about it? And they told me that it was actually probably from the necklace because it was right in that area where it would usually like rub. They like chopped it off with scissors. Basically, they put a bit of local anesthetic in there so I didn't feel it because it does have like blood vessels and stuff in there. So they can bleed quite a lot as well. But he just snipped it off and then put like a Band-Aid over it. And I was all good. I can still like feel where it was, but you can also have them burnt off too, which I'm sure you're probably like going to go into that. Have you tried to have (laughs) yours removed? To be honest, I've never cared enough Mm. to go to warrant the effort that it would take to go to the doctor and and have it burnt off. I just couldn't stop touching that one. So I was like, I need to get rid of it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's in a high like a highly touchable area. Yeah. The one on my back, it's like, eh, I don't see it. I just feel it sometimes. Mm-hmm. And the ones under my, I don't know, I'm kind of fond of the ones under my, um, near my uh. bra strap. Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, whenever I shave my armpits or like put on deodorant, I'm like, oh, hello. <laughs> but no, I haven't had any of them removed, but I can definitely speak to how, how to have them removed safely. But Hannah, do you have any skin tags? Just a personal question. Yeah, well, I was a little bit confused, I think, because I had this thing on my neck and I was, I kept playing with it and kept touching it. And Joe's like, what's that? And I was like, it's a skin tag. She was like, that doesn't look like a skin tag. That looks like a mole that's gone a bit like crusty. And I was like, what? I accidentally freaked Hannah out. I was like, I think that could possibly be a BCC. <laughs> I literally <laughs> called up the mole checking place that mm-hmm. day, left work early to get yeah. it checked. They said it, they were like, it didn't look suspicious, but they, he's like, do you want to get it like a biopsy? So I was like, yes. So I got a biopsy. It was fine, but mm-hmm. it was a mole. It wasn't Just a your garden tag. variety mole. Yeah. yeah. See, I'm the yeah. kind of friend yeah. that you want looking out for you because I'll tell you if a mole looks suspicious. If totally. I see something on your back, I'm like, you need to go and get a skin check. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because there's, uh, there's, you get confused with the different spots and bits on your body, right? Because like, is it a mole? Is it a skin tag? Mm. Is it potentially a skin cancer? you know, very different, varying degrees of seriousness. Mm-hmm. It's important to note that skin tags, if that if your skin tags are rubbing on things, like in a, in a high kind of contact area, say where it's exposed to rubbing against other things, which might cause them to bleed or to be sore, then you might want to go and see someone about them. But they actually, they're completely harmless. They're mm. not, you know, there's actually nothing wrong with having skin tags apart yeah. from if they bother the way they look, if they bother you. So other than that, you can you don't need to stress about skin tags. But if you are someone that genetically some people just have a lot of them and they can look, they can have slightly different colours. Usually they're, they can range from kind of like your skin tone colour a bit pink, some are a bit darker. You can go to the GP and they can, or your dermatologist and they can get rid of them pretty quickly by either freezing them with liquid nitrogen, like sometimes you get sunspots frozen off Mm, um, with a kind of a can of liquid nitrogen. You can have them safely cut off, you know, in a doctor's office with sterilized equipment, Mm -hmm. you know, a really sharp scalpel. So please do not try and cut them off at home with your kitchen scissors or... We literally had people messaging us after that wart episode where people were like, oh, yeah, my brother tried to cut his own wart off or he, he like, chewed his own wart off. And I was like, oh, my ah! God, I did not expect that after that episode. Maybe we can all agree, just a blanket rule, not yeah. to cut 
bits of your body off. Yes. Or you've just broken up with someone and it's your fringe. Yes. And I <laughs> totally support your decision to cut your own mm-hmm. fringe. Hair, totally right. fine. And um, I guess the, the third way, which probably isn't as common anymore, but it makes sense why the wives' tale of tying something to it to make them fall off. So when you go and see a doctor, they can tie it with, like a surgical thread mm. to stop the blood flow because as Joe, um, as you mentioned, it's made up of collagen and blood vessels, skin tags. Yeah. And so if you cut off its blood supply, theoretically it should just die and yeah. fall off. Um, so then there's this wife's tale that, yeah, you can just tie it up at home with. So I've heard someone tying it with a bit of hair like oh. a strand of hair why? Or fishing wire. why please don't do that <laughs> yeah and also if you snip them off yourself just with scissors it will bleed a lot and what and it might heal with like a nastier looking scab yeah. or scar yeah. than if you just had left the skin tag alone yeah like there's nothing wrong with them if you have them they're completely normal but if they bother you you can do something about it it's your body you have options but um yeah nothing to be ashamed of a skin tag Alrighty, so we have had some requests from listeners for an episode discussing candles. So we thought, who better to chat candles with than the founder of Glasshouse Fragrances, Nicole Eccles? Welcome to the show. Hello, hello. So nice to be here, Joanna. It's such a pleasure to have you because I'm such a big Glasshouse fan. So this is a bit of like almost a fangirl moment for me. Hannah knows how much I love Glasshouse. Oh, she sure does. <laughs> Hi, Hannah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> So you started Glasshouse after moving to Australia in 2005, and I'd say it's since become the most well-known candle brand that we have here. How did that even happen? How did Glasshouse come about? So I am well and truly a beauty junkie from 16 years old. And when I moved to Australia for work for a role um, outside of cosmetics, I was used to being from arguably one of the biggest beauty markets in the world, which is New York City. And then I moved from there to beautiful Australia, which I love for many reasons. But one of them that was not as advantageous is the fact that there was hardly any brands or product that's changed a lot. At the time, none of you guys were around. So what happened was I was you know, pretty much stuck with whatever I could get my hands on and also very expensive bags coming back and forth from the U.S. Every time I travel there, I just fill suitcases with product. Yeah, I realized that there's a real opportunity in the Australian market to create at least some, you know, candles first and then we'll see what happens after that. Um, my, My real intention was to have an incredible Bath & Body brand because, It wasn't just candles that were missing. I felt like all of it was missing. But the first product I tackled, probably out of need, I just needed more and I couldn't get my hands on any, was uh, scented candles. So I created that first. And I guess since then, Glasshouse has really exploded. Why do you think Glasshouse exploded in the way that it did? Do you think other candles at the time were a bit average? Well, at the time, I mean, there weren't really any candles, Hannah. There were other brands. Dusk was around back then. 
But Dusk wasn't doing scented candles. They weren't specializing in fragrance. They were doing decorator. Mm. So if you wanted a taper or a pillar or if you wanted something to put on your coffee table, you could have a great old time. There was plenty of that. But there weren't any brands that were specializing or focused on fragrance delivery, which is what a candle can do. So there were candles here, but they just didn't work in that sense. Mm. So I came into a market where the consumer mindset was candles don't work. You can't smell them. What's the point? They would pick up something that would say vanilla and they would burn it and there was no scent. Mm. So when I launched Glass House, I was so blessed because there was this gigantic gap. No one was really doing candles properly. What ended up happening was I realized that I was creating this gap or filling this gap rather. And suddenly everyone was engaging with scented candles because we were putting these into stores and we were lighting them and people realized, oh, wow, can candles do smell. They can actually smell. Mm. And the thing is, is my benchmark was not, oh, it just needs to smell. I'm a beauty junkie. I came from a background where I used everything. So not only was I trying to make a candle, I was trying to make the world's best candle from a U.S. perspective. That was already a cluttered market with great products. And I think that's what, that is why we've done so well. And that's why we continue to, because our products are world class because the bar's so high. Yeah. Well, speaking of the scents and how, how strong the scents are, what's the deal with the triple scented thing? Is that why Glasshouse smells so strongly? Triple scented is about the amount of fragrance load that you put in there. It's not a, it's something we created to try to get the point across that every candle we make, no matter what type of fragrance it is, will deliver a robust amount of fragrance that you can perceive that you will love. And within our range, there's differences depending on the fragrance itself or the style of fragrance itself. But the one thing that you can be assured of when you purchase a Glasshouse Fragrances candle, every candle that you purchase is going to deliver fragrance and you are going to smell it. And you're never going to have a candle that you buy that you go, oh, I can't really smell that or I won't buy that next mm -hmm. time. I never want anyone to ever feel ripped off. I want the candle to smell. I want it to burn beautifully, evenly, all the way to the bottom. And it's hard to do because candle making is very, very difficult. Each fragrance is very finicky and it has its own mind. And that's why every candle has different wicks inside because the way that the system works, you design, every time you design a new candle, you're designing a new system. It's not, it's not just that you put fragrance in the wax and then you light it. And then, you know, it's, it's not that at all. We have an 18 month development cycle, but it takes about 12 months to get a, to get a candle right. And that's because we go above and beyond. I mean, you can do it a lot quicker than that, but we just don't take the risk. We want it to be perfect. And in terms of creating a new scent, what is the actual process for adding a new scent to the Glasshouse family? So we work with perfumers across the globe. And what was interesting is when I started out, I was really working with a lot of distributor type fragrance suppliers. So in, in fragrance, there are big fragrance suppliers with some of the best perfumers that you could ever work with that all the big brands use. There are very few 
perfume or fragrance houses that have a resident perfumer. Chanel is one of them, Hermes is another, Galan is another, but most brands use the same fragrance houses we do, big brands. And within those brands, they have teams of perfumers. And as you work with them and you work through the different perfumers, you get to know who you like. Initially, what I was saying is we worked with smaller houses that didn't have that level of talent. But one of the benefits to being the biggest brand in this market is that we order a lot of fragrance for our products, whether it be our candles or our eau de parfum or our lotions or our shower gels. And that purchasing power comes with access to some of the best perfumers that are experienced not only in candles, but in all matters of fragrance, gorgeousness. And so the way it works is I've gotten to know which perfumers I like that really understand our brand and what we want to do and how we want fragrance to impact you and make you feel. And within that group, I have some that specialize in candles. I have some that specialize in some of the chemistry around personal care. And so depending on the project, we'll decide who we're going with. The A lot of the recent fragrances that we've launched into the range or in the past few years, such as Florence or Midnight or Milan, Sydney Sundays, those fragrances all started with the fine fragrance perfumer, the Eau de Parfum. And then what we did with that Eau de Parfum or that Eau de Parfum juice, that fragrance, is we did what the industry calls trickle down. So we turned those essences into a candle fragrance. And then we turned that into a fragrance. And knowing that I always have wanted to really branch into personal care because that is something I've always understood quite intimately so what we did was we decided, okay, the next few years, every time we launch a candle or pretty much every time, it's going to be derived from an eau de parfum. That way, if we love it and our customers love it, because we're very much about what our customers think, uh, then what we'll do is we'll say, okay, great, they love it. Or let, let's make sure that then goes out into eau de parfum and goes out into body. And sometimes we just go straight into an eau de parfum. Which we have some exciting things coming up, but... That's where I'm, I'm really passionate about is fragrance and it's the perfumers we use. And how do you come up with all the names and descriptions for all of the candles? Was that something you loved doing in the early days? Like, was that one thing that was really hard to like give up as the business got bigger? Well, I don't, I haven't given up a lot of the fun stuff. So <laughs> I'm still involved in all the fragrance development. I'm still involved in all the naming. I'm still involved in all the packaging design. I, of course, I have teams to help with it, but the brand is so naturally part of who I am. It mm. just come. I I just naturally go into a space where yeah, we should name it that, and and then it's done. It's like okay, we're done. What should we do now? Yeah. You know, it's just there. <laughs> that would definitely be my mm -hmm. favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's some brands they have the best names. I mean, I I've always wanted to be like an OPI nail polish namer, mm. or yeah, you yes. know, or work for you know that would be the best uh -huh. job. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a candle you want to make but you haven't yet? Uh, not really. It's really interesting. So when your your distribution is primarily through bricks and mortar, when you're selling through physical stores, you're limited in how big your range can be because shelves are not elastic and you just can't keep pushing product in. But with the wonderful D2C, with the door, with our own e-commerce site, 
what I love about e-com is that you can just keep creating and you don't have to worry about if it fits on the shelf. So there's been lots of things I've held back on because I think about, well, what, what are most people going to like? And let's not worry about this one that most, you know, I'm sure a lot of people are going to hate, but a lot of people will love too. They sort of got shelved. But now that we have great partners like Adore, now that we have, you know, digital where you don't have to worry about it. I'm, we're just taking risks all the time. And I love that because it means we can try fragrances that aren't proven, that I have no idea if anyone's going to love. I might love it, but it could be a total disaster. I don't care. That's great because if we're trying things, we're creating. That's what this is all about, fragrances. It's creating. It's an art form. Yeah, exactly. Now, this one's going to be a, uh, a tricky question, but we often ask our guests to choose their Desert Island products, which is often like picking a favorite child. But we're going to ask you what your favorite candle scent is. It's funny, and people always ask me that, and it depends on when they ask me because it changes. And I'm the sort of person that needs change. But when I look at my preference in candle fragrance, it's no different than Eau de Parfum I have I'm a fragrance junkie. I'm a scent addict, so I have a whole bunch of them. But there'll be three or four which are always go-to. So even if you clean out your shelf, you clean out the closet, you're still going to have three or four because you just know you can't part with them. And for me, um, that would be Midnight Milan, Hamptons, Taha, which is so comforting. I adore Florence. So I, I'd say those are probably my top. I, I know that but then, you know, what happens is I'm working on something new and I just think, God, this is the most unbelievable. And I'll, I'll love that for a while. So I, I do flip, I do change, which is a very, that's our customer. Our customer is exactly the same. Mm -hmm. They're like, I love this, but I need a break and I'm going to go over yeah. here for a while. And then once I'm sick of that, then I'll come back here. That's how I am. Yeah. <laughs> this is something that we talk a lot on this podcast about. So Joe and I like have some funny names for scents and we have a scent that we call hot man smell um, and it always comes up in conversation on this podcast. Joe, the two fragrances that you think align to that is the Hamptons and Cypress, which I actually haven't smelled, mm -hmm. but I was having a look um, at Glasshouse and I thought Arabian Nights might be a good one for me. Um, oh. <laughs> what would your picks be? So we call this, it's like, because we're both single, it kind of reminds us of like a first date or it like gets us in the mood for a first date. So that's what we, that's what we call hot man smell. Have you got, have you got any picks for us? <laughs> I think Arabian Nights yeah. is a hot man smell for sure, but really... That's the smell of a hot man. But if you want to attract a hot man, what you need is a bacon candle, which I don't make. <laughs> but what we could do instead is just burn Taha because there isn't a man on earth that does not love that smell. Yeah. Mm, that's so true, actually. One of my friends always says how much he loves Taha. It, it's such a man smell. And yeah. uh, it doesn't smell like a man, but they love it. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> The listeners may not know, but Taha is, I think, one of our absolute best-selling candles on a door. Joe, it's is that your fave? One of, yeah. I think I have about nine glasshouse candles at the moment. Okay. On rotation, so there's quite a few that are making their way through. My favorites are the Halloween. I love the Halloween candles mm, that come out. Yes, I we love only just spoke about them. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to ask because we're coming up to Christmas now, and I know that I always buy candles for people in my life. I've already bought 
night before Christmas for my sister-in-law for Christmas. Oh, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. Um, loyal customer over here. But I wanted to ask, is it frowned upon for you to give loved ones candles? Yeah. <laughs> is that off limits? <laughs> I think, you know, it's funny. I think any, first of all, everyone that I know wants them. And so they're disappointed if I don't yeah. give them to them, but they don't count as a gift. Okay. <laughs> It just doesn't count as the gift. So I can't get away cheaply for Christmas, unfortunately. <laughs> That's a shame. Well, I'll certainly still be uh, buying all the people <laughs> in my life glasshouse candles this year. And I'm sure a lot of other people will be doing the same as well. So thank you so much for joining us today to chat candles, Nicole. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. It's nice to know how they're actually made. Oh, thank you. And, the, and you know, this is the thing. I just want to thank you for your business. And Adore has been wonderful, a wonderful partner because, we are Australian made. I'm, you know, speaking mm -hmm. to you from our factory in Sydney and to support my employees, especially through, you know, the, you know, COVID-19 and all the uncertainty in the economy has been absolutely a godsend. So thank you. And thank you to all your listeners who have supported the brand for, I'm sure, a while. So thank you. All right, Hannah's uh, finally found her product we didn't know we needed. I've sat here with her for about 10 minutes going through everything that we've both used recently and she's found one. So tell us about it, Hannah. What is it? All right, so basically Joe <laughs> stole mine. Oh. I just got in first. So I have had to scroll through the whole website and I remembered that I got – you know, everyone knows I have really frizzy hair and I tried the 11 Smooth Me range and they've got like a shampoo, mm -hmm. conditioner, and then they've got like a serum. And I used it the other day. And for a brand that is very affordable, I was like blown away. I don't know if it's very affordable. It's not supermarket $6 affordable, but it's for the, yeah. for the quality that you're getting, it's amazing. Most of their products are under 30 bucks, I would say. Yeah. Well, actually what I was going to say is they've got um, their Christmas pack, which is the trio. So you get the oh. shampoo, conditioner and the serum for $50.90, $51. Oh, bargain. It's basically the cost of like one Uber Eats from McDonald's for me. Yeah. So... <laughs> But it's actually, I tried it on my hair the other day because my keratin treatment's starting to like wear, it's starting to wear off now. And this, it was amazing. It was actually such a good shampoo and conditioner. It's like a smoothing anti-frizz shampoo and conditioner. And then you've also got the smoothing serum and it mm -hmm. would be really suitable for anyone that has haggard hair like me. Is that the most common DM you get? What are your oh my favorite God. products for frizzy hair? Yes, I get a lot of DMs saying I also am a Hagrid girl. It's yeah. like, yeah, it's, it, the, the term Hagrid hair has really taken off, it's I taking feel. off, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like PWD, KWN. Like we, we, yeah. we said we would make fetch happen and we yeah. did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we even now, like Adore's emails on Wednesdays now have hashtag PWD, KWN. Yeah. I'm a, yeah. I, I wonder if all the new people that like have just signed up to the email database, like what the hell is that? Like what the, <laughs> what the hell? Well, you're going to have to listen to the podcast yeah. to find out, aren't they? <laughs> That's me. What about you? So the product that I apparently stole from you was you the, <laughs> the Alpha H Liquid Gold Midnight Reboot Serum. So this is a brand new product from Alpha H and I was sent it before it came out to try 
It's got both glycolic acid and vitamin A in it. So I think it's got 14% glycolic and then the 1% grain active retinoid. So anyone who has asked the question before, can you use your retinol on the same night as your AHA? It's generally not something that would be recommended unless your skin tolerates it really well. They're two ingredients that you normally wouldn't use Mm. on the same night together. Might alternate. Yeah, but when it's formulated into a specific product, generally that's totally fine. And using them together, like that's actually amazing for anti-aging and for most other concerns as well. But it also has peptides and antioxidants and all of that amazing stuff in there as well. And I actually put it down on my list, Hannah, because I've been using it on my chest as well as on my face, Ah. but I'm probably using it on my face maybe twice a week and then on my chest every second night. And I've noticed such a difference in like the clarity and the smoothness of my chest because I tend to be a bit lazy with it because I'm usually wearing fake tan Mm. and I don't want to take my fake tan off by bringing my actives down to my chest, but I feel like I'm getting to the point now where I need to start doing that, like being like getting towards my late 20s, I need to start using my actives on my chest. Mm. So I've been doing that, really, really like the texture of it. And also, as you know, like I have a little bit more of a sensitive skin type and I haven't had any issues with sensitivity or flaking or any of that stuff that generally comes along with using those two ingredients together. It's very gentle, but it gives you that next day glow for sure. Did you find that as well? You woke oh, yeah. up the next day and you're like, whoa. Totally. And I would say that Alpha H is my my number one brand that do glycolic and retinol together mm. really well because the power, yeah. it reminds well, me. Well, you love that power, power peel. But I yeah. absolutely love this. I woke up, I put it on last night for the first time and I woke up with like basically like not puffy, but like kind of puffy skin. Plump. Plump is the right word, but I do yeah. feel a little bit puffy as well, <laughs> which I love. I can definitely vouch for the plumpness and also looks really hydrated. It doesn't strip your skin. Yeah, it's really quite gentle. And I think that's probably because it's got like the antioxidants and the anti-inflammatory ingredients as well. So it actually is really good for my kind of skin. So that's $129 though, which is a bit more expensive than what Alpha H usually do. That's something that I like about the brand is that it's in that kind of range where it's it's more expensive than the ordinary, but it's not quite, you know, SkinCeuticals pricing. Mm. So this is a little bit on the higher end in terms of pricing for Alpha H, but I am really enjoying it. So I don't have a negative word to say about it at this point. You'll probably see it in my routine quite a lot. What are your serums that you're enjoying at the moment? So as you know, because my skin has been freaking out a little bit lately, I have been using mm. the Murad Revitalixer Recovery Serum. Oh, I've been using that lately too, actually. She's got like a mixture of Bs and HAs yeah. and I think she might have caffeine and stuff like that yeah. in her as well. Yeah, so she's pretty much, mm. I think, good for probably all skin types and mm. particularly yeah. if you're finding that your skin's a little bit irritated at the moment, that's one of my faves at the moment. I'm still on the Alpha H vitamin E bandwagon. Ah. I know I've already spoken about Alpha H, but I bloody love that serum. It's excellent for anyone yep. with like, I know I've already done that as a PWD KWN, I think at one point, it really is so good for sensitive skin types. And if you've got like stressed out skin, that and the osmosis rescue serum 
a dream combo for anyone with like skin that is just not cooperating. Another serum that I'm loving at the moment is the SkinCeuticals Blemish and Age Defense Serum. So mm. that one's a really good one if, you've, if you're suffering from breakouts. So I, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a good one when you've got your period or you've got some hormonal breakouts happening. And then the other one that I've been using is the Aspect Hydrating Serum. Mm, that's nice as well. All right. Well, I guess we will uh, see everybody next week. Thanks everyone for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated.